to hospitals in California and Connecticut. Um, we're connecting businesses to hospitals that want to donate um, supplies, whether it's PPE, whether it's fanny packs. Um, and we're, we're, we've got a new project. You know, I'm not someone who really wants to do retail. I've always felt that my business as a service is sustainable. I don't have manufacturing issues or supply chain issues, but I feel a need to do something, to contribute to this crisis in some way. And I have seen on the TikToks and the gram how popular tie-dye is. So when I interviewed Rachel from Cinder and Salt, who's gonna be on next week, she has a sustainable store and print shop. I thought, what a great opportunity to have two female-owned small businesses come together, and we're going to make a cool tie-dye shirt that we can all design together, all of us, you too, to donate a portion of those proceeds to a charity. So how are we going to do that exactly? On my personal Instagram, smilt127, I have already done a group vote on the color of the tie-dye. Uh, I am posting today, the day this episode comes out, a vote for a design for the shirts. And then once we get through that, I'm going to ask people su to suggest different charities that we should donate um, the proceeds to. And then we're going to vote again. So a lot of voting, but it's an opportunity to be part of something bigger than you and to give back in a way that's easier for everyone's lifestyle right now. So I'm inviting you to get involved and to participate. I will post links on my Instagram, at MakeClimateCool, when these shirts are available. Any small contribution will make a difference. And also, it's Earth Month. I totally forgot about this. Um, I'm hosting two webinars, one on Saturday with Beyond Boss. Um, all of these things you can find on my website, at MakeClimateCool again. I'm also hosting a workshop on Earth Day. So go check those out. Um, the one workshop is free. One workshop has a paid fee. Um, but don't forget that, yes, maybe these things have costs, but you're supporting businesses that are struggling right now that are trying to survive the next few months. So just keep that in mind. I know that it's, it's not perfect scenario, but we're just doing what we can to pivot. Um, and if you can't do any of those things, participating, at least in the voting, is such a huge deal. And sharing this podcast, sharing what we're trying to accomplish is just, it's more than enough. Sharing, sharing, sharing is more than enough. So I want to get into today's episode. I think Ingrid is amazing. She has this calming voice that just brings everything down. And I think you'll really find her comments about what's going on very interesting and she does have an ebook available on her website um, you can go check it out at www.calmyourworries.com and I don't know about you but I am worried all the time I have her ebook I've done it I probably need to do it again for sure um, and we're just we're gonna figure it out together guys and I hope that this episode will help you in some small way as much as it's helped me re-listening to it. So thank you guys again for being part of this community. I hope you are well. I'm sending everyone, you know, good thoughts and feel free to reach out to me if you need anything. Thanks again and enjoy.
Hello. Hey, can you hear me? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Fine. Well, I'm really thankful that you made time to chat with me this week. Um, oh, I know that there's just so much going on. I think everyone's feeling, I feel like everywhere I look on social media, it's I'm anxious, I'm scared. There's yeah. so much information coming at us all the time. Yeah. I don't know what to feel. Like, I think one day I'm scared and then one day there's more information that comes out. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. And then the next day, you know, it's not just, I don't think it's just about the sickness anymore. I think at first there was a panic around the sickness and mm -hmm. now there's a panic around the economy as well. And it's just kind of spiraling. So yeah. Yeah. And lifestyle and, you know, the quality of life and, you know, future Mm -hmm. um, you know, will I return to school? Will I return to work? Will these businesses go under? Will you know, it's just lots and lots of questions. And I was saying to one of my, I think it was one of my clients the other day said, you know, I've been working with worry and anxiety for almost 20 years now. And, um, I, I can't tell if I right now, if I'm relevant or redundant because there is so much out there and everyone is talking about it you know? So it's kind of like, I just don't want to be more of the source of overwhelm. Um, and yet, geez, you know, this is, this is what I've been doing. So it's fun. Okay. So why, why do you feel redundant just because of the sense of like, don't worry, well, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. Except, or yes. And Oh, here, you know, I'm offering this and I'm offering this and join this meditation and do this program. And here's this, you know, and, you know, tons of lives from therapists and helpers. And that's great. It is, I mean, certainly not to be sneezed at. I think it's really wonderful, but that can also be overwhelming in its own way. Oh, you know? I, I've seen that. I feel like, and I feel like we should try to break these series down step-by-step step in terms of kind of, mm -hmm. okay, this original panic happened. And now right. we're going through the second wave of panic of the economy. And now we're in this waiting zone at the same time where yeah. we're just kind of waiting to see what happens and people yeah. you know, we're being told not to worry, but also we're getting inundated with resources. I feel like I've seen at least on my accounts, a way less interaction and engagement because I think there's just too much to engage with. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, how do we help that? I, I don't know. I, I think people, it just is a matter of people will be able to pick and choose the ones that they can do. And I think the people for the most part that are offering things like that are open to, you know, if it's not mine, good, make it someone's, you know, mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's any, any port in a storm. So Take what you need and leave it and you know but again it is it's hard from the offering standpoint of feeling like oh, i don't want to be i don't want to be part of a problem <laughs> i don't want to make people feel worse so that's yeah, it's kind of a balance and it's new for everyone i was thinking this this afternoon of how you know this isn't one of those things that you can feel anxious about and then rip the band-aid off and phew you know did it this is one of those things that's more like, 
um, you know, the kindergartner facing having to go to the lunchroom every single day um, and finding a way to cope with the daily occurrence versus, you know, just bracing. Um, and, and it's going to, it is going to create a lot of different experiences and feelings and it will be hard for people to be with, I don't even know what I'm feeling because it will shift from one minute to the next um, between anxious, fearful, just fine, you know, scared, angry, frazzled, you know, we'll see a lot of, a lot of different things coming up. Um, and I think it is going to be really important for everybody to be as present and as open as they can be without stuffing it all down everybody's throats all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the behaviors I really wanted to talk to you about was, okay, when the first news that it kind of this, the coronavirus had hit New York or the United States, mm -hmm. there was this rush to go get hand sanitizer, cleaning products. I remember a week before I went to New York, uh, the most recent time where there actually were more cases, mm -hmm. um, it was just kind of like the beginnings and things were cleared out. There was no hand sanitizer in like Connecticut. Yeah. Um, and that was really even before, you know, people were dying in the United States. Right. And, mm -hmm. and I think I just want to talk about that, that behavior for a minute in terms of what, what intrinsically is happening when we, act like that or when we hoard is mm. it is it just like this survival instinct is it a fear of not having enough is it fear of um just being sick in general is it all yeah. of the above yeah well i think in the very beginning um some of what we saw was the were the people that either are really have their ear to the ground and they're listening really closely to, you know, quarantine or maybe they knew someone overseas or had had contact with someone in China or whatever. And I think, you know, when we feel out of control about what might be coming or in some cases, the very air we breathe, um, it is a way to find control. And I think especially for those people that are like, you know, let's at least clean the germs in my immediate environment. They ran out and they grabbed that stuff, <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. they wanted to know at least my hands are clean. And I, I mean, I think we were seeing some really extreme behaviors where they were grabbing up tons of it. I also think maybe a, a larger percentage of people than usual were grabbing a realistic amount, but there was, you know, the stores didn't know that was going to be happening. Right. So, so where they would have ordered right. bottles, they had three times more people coming in for one bottle. And then, you know, occasionally probably would get their people with the, with a whole case. Um, yeah. So I think it's people that were really riveted around what can I control? How can I be prepared? Um, how can I uh, know something mm -hmm. <laughs> in the unknown? Right. How can I, um, and, and then, of course, you know, there are people who, when they do something, they don't do it on a small scale. 
you know, they just don't, you know, Extremist. I had a wonderful, oh, I had, yeah, or even just, I had, a, I had a wonderful friend, bright, brilliant man, and we would laugh at him because his motto was nothing in moderation, <laughs> and, um, and so he would, you know, buy, if he bought ice cream, he would buy 10 gallons, and if he bought, you know, something, he'd buy a case, and if he had CDs, he would have, you know, six walls full of them, and, and that was just his personality, you know, so I suppose we're seeing some of that too, like, well, if I'm going to have it, I'm going to have it and I'm going to keep it and it doesn't go bad. And yeah. So yeah. 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 You know, that control issue, we want to know, you know, people activate around some locus of control, you know, some, some collapse and say, I have none and others go, well, this is what it is and I'm going to do it up big. And they do. Yeah. And it was even before, I mean, I know a lot of people blame stores for allowing the hoarding because it it was the products that were selling out happened for a while before they were like, well, we need to actually like only sell two per customer or three per customer. It wasn't until there was a huge social pushback on different social media platforms that were like, there are now people that don't have access to supplies because there are you know 10 people that have a ton of money that took all of it yeah yeah true (laughs) so yeah Yeah. no yeah i mean there's certainly i'm sure there's a capacity for greed around that too just i'm gonna get for myself so you're you have these people that are extremists trying to control the situation and what they can and buying these products that will hopefully protect them and then you start to have and what we're seeing is or at least what i feel like i'm seeing is we're creating this divide between and to use this phrase the has and the have-nots and and in this case we're not talking necessarily about money though i think it's correlated but you have the people that have the toilet paper and the supplies that are there that will get through this and the have-nots that are left out to dry essentially and (laughs) no pun intended yeah (laughs) and um and (laughs) it's actually a good one (laughs) i'm just gonna pat myself on the back for that um (laughs) but yeah so you're feeling like there's a different are you likening that to sort of an odd little niche social stratus because yeah but then it also it it kind of compounds that desire to control because then you have the people who weren't control freaks now feeling like oh my god well now i can't get it and now i'm gonna go because i can't have that thing right now i now need to go find it even if i don't need it yet even if Mm. it's not Mm -hmm. something i need I still yeah. like, I have to buy it because I can't get it. Does oh. that make sense? I, yeah, because I have to buy it because I can't get it because I, I'm trying to think of how that resonates inside. I can't, I have to buy it because it is now. It's unavailable to me. Yeah, so it's, it's like, it's I want it now. The, yeah. Yeah. It's like the boyfriend that breaks up with you after you don't <laughs> want him anymore and then you want him back. <laughs> Except toilet paper. It's we like always that. want the things we can't have. Isn't <laughs> that the phrase? Have. Yeah. And in sure. this case, it's hand sanitizer and toilet paper. Right, right. Yeah. And chicken, chicken parts, I guess. 
Okay, so then there's a third group of people. Uh-huh. So you have everyone that was overprepared and, you know, we talked about them. Then mm-hmm. we talked the middle who's kind of like, this is unfair. You shouldn't do that. That's wrong. Then you have, and, and, they're, and then they're spurred into action to buying things because they can't have the thing that they want. Then you have, I think, a third group of people that didn't buy into either of these groups and their drama and it's kind of like, well, does anyone have any toilet paper they can give me? Because <laughs> I didn't do it. I'll pay you. I will. I will. <laughs> Drop it off on my porch. I'll leave. <laughs> you know what I'm I, talking about? Though? I may be one of those people. Yeah. Well, you know, about, I think it was a week ago, I was thinking, geez, I probably should get toilet paper. I have some, but you don't know how long. And, and yet I'm embarrassed now to buy toilet paper because mm-hmm. I look like, um, yeah. <laughs> it's like you, you want to wear a little sign. No, I actually need this right now. I would normally have bought it at this time. Um, yeah, so it's kind of, yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. There, there are different, different categories and, and everything in between, honestly, of how people are trying to deal. Mm-hmm. I find myself cooking differently because I'm cooking with an eye to conserving. Mm-hmm which I haven't done in a long time. I used, I feel like I used to do it. You know, I remember when the kids were little, there was not a lot of time. So I would only shop say once a week and really try to stay out of the stores otherwise. And I wasn't picking up a lot of things and it would be like, no, 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 don't eat all that on the first day, you know, and don't use, you know, every single high level protein, you know, the first two days, because then the rest of the week we're on rice and beans. And I feel myself doing that now, you know, mm-hmm like conserving, because I don't know. I don't really feel like, you know, I don't really want to go to the grocery and I sure don't want to, I kind of don't want to make other people do that for me. I yeah. feel bad about that too, you know? Yeah, I, um, it's funny you say that because recently uh, someone in my household made something that was frozen and I actually ended up eating a lot of frozen food as well just because of being a mm-hmm. pescatarian. Um, right. Most items like proteins are frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's making me hyper aware of eating something fresh versus eating something frozen because the fresh is going to go bad faster. And I'd rather eat that than eat something frozen, mm-hmm. which will last a long time. And so it's just like this juggle of what should I eat now? Yeah. And then, and then also like, okay, well, what about the local businesses too? Like we're supposed to support them and what do I keep frozen? What do I keep fresh? What do I order mm-hmm. in? Yes. And there's just exactly. all exactly. of this. And is it wise to order in? I mean, if there's the potentially no money, you know, like yeah. it's this internal battle that I imagine everyone feels when they're making yes. any decision at all now. Yeah. If they're paying attention at all, which I think mm-hmm. many more people are than were when, you know, a few weeks ago when we first talked. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we could have known we would have this sort of internal battle about every little, you know, I hit, my son had ordered something, came in a box from Amazon, saw the guy drop it off. I pick it up, I go and I, you know, put it, you know, said, here's your box and, you know, yay. And then I went and washed my hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like I would never do that. You know, what a weird thing to do, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't know what's on that box, you know. So right. I think you stop and you just start being aware of things that we never are 
aware of. And, and maybe, you know, I mean, I, I think that that could also, for our, our population, it could be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a thoughtfulness that we have to, that we're sort of required to go through now when we make decisions, right. we have to think beyond ourselves, which we don't like doing. Um, yeah. I think majority of people don't like doing. Um, and we have to think about things in a system oriented way, which is yeah. how sustainability people already think because exactly. that's how we address problems. Mm -hmm. But most jobs, I was giving a presentation recently to these kids in, mm -hmm. uh, at a Greenwich private school. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I was telling them was, you know, a lot of times people go into a job and they're an accountant or they're a lawyer and we, our society kind of prides itself on siloing into all these different positions. You're an expert in this thing and you don't really right. go outside of that. And yet sustainability, yes. you kind of have to think about the big picture and how they, all these players, mm -hmm. um, kind of affect the game, right? Right. And now we're kind of being forced mm -hmm. to think about the game and yeah. not about just our role. That's right. At the same time, we have to think about our role and how, what we can control. And, and so there's all these things going through someone's head and it's yeah. just, yeah. I feel for kind of everyone that is, their lives have kind of been overturned, whether they're working from home now and they're not seeing anyone or people's yeah. senior years are lost. And I think, are there any helpful tips of just what to do next? How to move forward in a way that's healthy? Is it just being aware of how we feel and acknowledging it and moving forward? I feel like that's simple. I simplified it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's almost all we, you know, on a very base level, that's what, what we can do. Right. I mean, you know, people, I suppose, you know, there will be people that sort of curl up in a ball and decide to give up for a certain amount of time, if not, you know, always. <laughs> and we hope that's not what people do, but, you know, I think there is something to be said for, any moment being, what can I learn here? Mm -hmm. And boy, we're sure given an amazing opportunity um, to notice what can I learn here about myself, about how I operate, about what I need, about how resourceful I can be, where, where does my creativity lie? Um, where can I find joy when it looks bleak? Um, all kinds of internal um, resources to discover. I always tell people that they're more than they know. Um, and I believe that wholeheartedly. Internally, it's amazing what, what you can learn about yourself. And I don't care if you're, you know, five or 95. So, you know, I think this is an opportunity. There's a little bit of a pressure cooker. And like you said, a shift from having to look at things on the surface. This is what I do. I'm in my little silo. I got my own you know, thing going on to, oh, wait a minute, I have impact on others and they impact me and that impacts everything, you know? So 
I remember back, oh, it was probably 15, 20 years ago now. And it, I, I was working on, uh, I mean, I've always been interested like you are in things that are sustainable and healthy for our earth and people. And I was shopping and um, I was trying to figure out, oh my gosh, is it worth the cost differential, right? To buy an organic product versus this product that's local versus this product that is organic and local versus, you know, so on. So I um, was shopping with my son who had just been through a whole program that was very eco and sustainable. And, and I was stressed him about it. And I said, boy, it's so hard. And he said, you know, mom, what we learned was you do the best you can. Oh yeah. You, you know, you just do the best you can and then you make peace. And then the next day you do the best you can again. And it's not always going to be perfect. And sometimes you make the choice for one reason, maybe money is tight. So you make this choice or maybe, you know, you're especially interested in supporting a certain business, whatever, and you make that choice. And that's what I think people are going to need to do. And again, not just considering me, 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 and what's best for me, but what's best for my community, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's really, especially saying that what's best for my community, I think that's being seriously highlighted right now absolutely. in terms of just how are we going to support not only each other, but the, you know, the, even the small local economies around us, yes. um, how do we kind of get through the next few weeks, months, however long this is going to last because we don't really know. And it's true what you say about, you know, every time there's a such you're forced into a situation you don't like, you always have an opportunity to learn from it and figure out what's, what's the positive takeaway. How can I adjust how can I be a better human? And it reminds me of a time when I was in high school. And I think we actually may have talked about this on our, the first episode when we were, um, that we did uh-huh. episode three, what is climate anxiety? But it was about when I was in high school and I was a senior, I had a pretty severe case of mono my senior spring, going into my senior spring, I was falling, I was, prior to me finding out I had money, I was like falling asleep everywhere. Like at the gym, I was falling asleep. It was crazy. Terrible. Because you're so, your body is freaking out. And I was on bed rest, I think for two and a half months, didn't go to school, didn't see anyone, you know, was, and, you know, I know you knew me in high school. You, I was always running around doing a million oh things. Gosh. Yes. Such, so, so busy all the time. Yeah. What is so, so when I was forced to be in one place for a little while, uh, the only thing that kind of gave me solace was, okay, like this is the only time I'm going to have ever to have this kind of downtime. And even when I didn't have a job lined up after grad school. I'm like, okay, this is the only time I'm going to have like this to do what I want to do or learn or explore or be creative or whatever it is. And it kind of led me to this podcast. But I think anytime we're given time, Mm -hmm. 
in terms of because it's something we you don't get back right we're all of a sudden kind of hit in the face with okay what do i do with this yeah but where can i use this to my advantage as an opportunity to grow and learn yeah. or even just relax I and mean, you don't yeah. always have to be growing and learning no. um no. you can take time for yourself to just yeah. breathe or just yeah or just observing or um one of my wonderful clients he was saying you know that he he's you know nervous like everyone else but now working from home as is his wife and his daughter's home from school and he said you know, I feel almost guilty because there's a part of me that says, yay, I get to be with the people I love and I have, and there's no one that's going to stop that right now. And so it's just, yeah, it's mm -hmm. really interesting what's happening for people. Um, and I, you know, not to minimize the people that are like, this is miserable and it's horrible and I'm so anxious and I'm so lonely and I can't, you know, the wide open time space is making my brain you know fly all over the room and i can't get a hold of it and you know i don't want to minimize that either because um that's very real for many many people and and i also have just such compassion for the kids that are going home to horrible situations yeah and school you know whether it's you know, elementary or high school or college, whatever was, was their safe place. And now they have nowhere else to go. And I really just, ugh, I, when I think of, of them, I just get weary, you know, like, what can we do? Um, yeah. So, you know, I think everyone's situation is, is unique and yet, you know, there are many common denominators. So people being able to just you know whatever you're going through is what you're going through <laughs> and mm -hmm. probably is pretty doggone normal you know you're you're we're all in a ballpark here um we just have to be aware that that we are some of us are sitting on one seat and some are sitting in another but it's all the same ballpark so mm. yeah and i really when everything first started happening i was really proud of my alma mater because mm while a lot of schools were getting pushback like harvard and a lot of the boston schools because they were um telling people to like get off campus within a couple of days and um evicting people and there was just this fear of like where do i go if i can't move in two days my alma mater had kind of said you know we understand that there are some extreme situations for those people that need to stay because of you know extraneous situations you can apply to stay and we'll we'll just like protect you in that way however then you know a week later when they decided to close the school completely for the spring right uh they had to say i'm so sorry but we can't have you yeah, yeah. because we aren't going to be open anymore so especially international students that needed to you know get flights home while there were still flights um it's just got to be i mean and this is just one small industry this is like a small school having right. to make a 
very, very difficult decision that impacts, you know, yeah. a couple hundred students. Yeah. Not, yeah. not a big company that has to make decisions that impact livelihoods. Yeah. You know, I can only imagine the test on leaders. And I think mm. this situation requires us to be compassionate, not only with our, with others, but I think yeah. really for ourselves. And that's, oh, yeah, that's where it starts. Yeah. How we're going to heal. Yeah. I think as a yeah. society through this is to be mm. compassionate with ourselves, to be compassionate with others so that we can be compassionate to others. Exactly. And then do what we can with what yeah. we have. Yeah. I love that. That's so true. I mean, it's, we can't, we can't be beating up on ourselves, shaming ourselves, feeling angry at ourselves and life and everything, and then be compassionate to, to others. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think really patience right now is such an important quality and compassion internally, which I think is the same thing as patience, really. It's that ability to go, okay, breathe and be present and know you can you can wait on this you can hold on this it's going to be okay if you need to act you will know it's okay you know mm -hmm. i was noticing today that the you know little you know we have all these wonderful third or first world problems now that are we're noticing but like all the hair and nail salons are closed now by the mm -hmm. by the governor and you know just taking the time to go okay wait a minute is it possible to you know, reach out to my hair person or the nail salon where you go and purchase a gift certificate right now um, that, you know, at least their cash flow will have some, some, you know, con continuity, um, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Um, just, just being aware of people that are maybe more um, vulnerable than they had thought. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Than we had thought. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, it, I, I just, I'm really sort of oddly hopeful. I mean, you know, scared like everyone, but hopeful. Well, I kind of have two thoughts, two thoughts on that. I think the prob, the problem, I don't know if it's a problem, but everything mm -hmm. that we know, whether it's stuff that we use or our day to day, really relies on the perfect conditions, yeah. right? Like everything we have our, we need our, make sure our, the weather is sunny. So we have Wi-Fi and there's no interruptions with Wi-Fi and, and we drive our cars and there's no interruptions, no trap. Like we like the perfect day and we are so far from the perfect day right now, but we, we can find a way to find what the new perfect day is, I think, at home. I think maybe that's the challenge or an activity yeah. that people can think about. What would be, now that I'm working from home, what's the perfect day? Yeah. And and what what does that feel like? What does that look like? And just because yeah. this is the new normal, instead of lamenting kind of what we used to have, um, I think that's only going to continue to bring you down. Yeah. Um, Although it may be necessary for a few minutes, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just, just from a mental health standpoint, lament. If you want to lament, lament, do it. But there's a difference between lamenting and complaining, right? And mm -hmm. lamenting and obsessing. 
So yeah, express it, own it. And then, okay, now, now, what possibilities are open? You know, right. what, what, other, what other ways are there of being? And, and if things don't feel good, things don't feel right. I was talking to a parent who said, you know, man, all I'm hearing from other parents is you've got to make structure. You've got to set your kid up and have them on a structured schedule now. They need to be doing schoolwork and reading and math and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, I just can't right now. And, and I'm thinking, rethink that. Because I, the last thing kids need right now is pressure. Mm-hmm. There's just, you know, normalcy is nice if you can create it. But play is super important. And I'd say physical play is really important because and even for adults, you know, I mean, to get out and use your body and move it is so helpful for those little parts inside that do feel panic and do feel disconnection, you know? So rethink things and don't just take what you're hearing, like, oh, this is what I have to do, but what feels, feels good to you, you know? Right. And, and again, you know, okay, allow yourself the few minutes of like, ah, oh, this feels crappy or scary or sucks or I missed that and then all right so then what I've heard that part now what else is there because there's more you know what this sounds a lot like what's that your workbook it does so for those people that are listening you know and if you have some extra time on your hands in the next week or two which I suspect you do um Ingrid has a wonderful ebook called Calm Your Worries, and it comes with a workbook that really kind of allows you to sit down with yourself and kind of go through what you're feeling and going through different exercises to calm your worries (laughs) and kind of reduce some of the anxiety and, and kind of just give give your feelings a place to allow themselves to breathe. And then I think that just like helps calm you down and manage stress a little bit differently because you kind of, it's, yeah, it's not present, but they don't have to be attached to you, right? Like they can be there. We can see them and say hi, Mm -hmm. but they don't have to be on top of me, dragging me down. That's right. They're not all of you. And, and, you know, I, I love what you said in the beginning about like, I don't even know what I'm feeling because oftentimes that happens when we're worried, right? When we're agitated, mm-hmm. it's like, that's all we are. And the only places that can really go are panic or shutdown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now the world from eyes that are either panicked or hopeless is not going to be helpful to right. you or anybody else. So I think that's, um, and I, you know, I think it's so amazing. I mean, the book I wrote a year ago, so it's not about this event, but um, I think it can be useful to even more people that didn't really think they were dealing with worry or hadn't dealt with worry before. Right. And, you know, um, I laugh. I, I'm lately, I'm feeling like, oh, there are people that they're, they're chronically worried. And mm-hmm. this is like, oh yeah, this is another day for them. 
where people who don't tend to identify with where are like, what, what do I do? I don't know what to do. I don't know what yeah. to do with this, you know? So I'm hoping it can be helpful for those folks as well. And it's based on science. It's based on neuroscience and it's based on very sound, you know, um, therapy techniques. So, yeah. So yeah. Thanks for sharing that. They just go to calmyourworries.com and, um, can uh, pick it up there and it's an ebook so it's immediately available and it's eco because you only have to print out any parts that you absolutely want to print out <laughs> i use mm-hmm. mine on my ipad with my pencil which i love and oh, um, there you go yeah i put it you just you know you bring the book up and you put the pdf into your um um what's it called note taker i think is the or yeah. writer note writer pro yeah mm-hmm. anyway so that's a fun little technique but yeah. Yeah. Thanks. For I think it. that's, I think, well, it's a great tool. I think for everyone right now, that's going through a lot. And so if anyone wants to kind of explore and check that out, I'll add the link to the description in the podcast. I just think that it was really helpful to me and maybe I'm going to redo it. Maybe I'm going to spend the weekend okay. and just reread it. It's, it's a relatively quick read. It's the, I think it's the workbook that really is where a lot of the value is. So, um, so definitely do it. And Ingrid, and thank you. Back so- over ones that are appropriate for you. That, yeah. That speak to you right now. Yeah. It's a good, it's definitely, um, a good tool, but thank you so much for kind of taking the time to talk with us today. And I think it's, Everyone really has, can find value in this conversation. You also just have a very calming voice. And I think I can see why you do what you do. Cause it's just, it's just like, wow. All this, I feel so relaxed right now, even just after talking to you. Um, and I had a crazy day. We talked about it earlier. You that, did. Yes. So, um, yeah, not your perfect day. Not the perfect day. The perfect day. That's right. But that's okay. We're always striving (laughs) for the perfect day. So good to be with you, Sarah. Always. Thank you. I was born in a thunderstorm. I grew up overnight. I played alone. I played on my own. I survived. Yeah, I wanna do everything I never had Like the love that comes with life I wore envy and I hated that But I survived I had a one, it took a two place while the demons go Where the wind don't change and nothing on the ground can ever go just lies and you're taught to cry in your pillow But I'll survive
Did all the things that you said that I wouldn't I told you that I 